This is KMTT Kimitzion Teitzei Torah, and this is Ezra Beck, and today is Chaf Dalid Shvat. And today's share will be given by Harav Benjamin Tavori, and it's the weekly share on the weekly mitzvah, this week for Parshat Mishpatim. After the shir, I will be back with the Halacha Yomit. Parshat Mishpatim, we learn that there is an Eved who is sold by Bezdin. And we learn in Parshat Bahar, there's an Eved who sells himself. Mocher Atzmo and Mocher Bezdin. They both work for six years and go out, Bishanin, they go out after six years. However, the Torah tells us that if they wish to stay longer, because they come and say, The Evid comes to say, I am happy, I love my master, my wife, my children, I do not want to go free. The Torah tells us he can stay. But he's called an Evid Nirzah. And what is the din of an Evid Nirzah? You puncture his ear by the doorpost, and he will then Ki'ilu, he re-enlists until Yovel, until the end of the till the Yovel year when he goes out free. Rashi and Chumash quotes a famous Gemara that why puncture his ear? What is the reason that we use his ear as a vehicle to create a nirza? And Rashi says, Ozen Shashama al Hasinai Kilivane Salavadim that ear that heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, Ki you are servants to me. Avadahim, they're my servants. But they're not servants to other servants. And therefore somehow the person who wants to be an Eved, who sold himself, we'll talk, on, we'll talk later about a person who was sold by Besdin. But right now, a person who sold himself, he transgressed what the Torah said, Ki and therefore, his ear is pierced. The Mefarshim, Mizrahi, on the spot, and many other Mefarshim, ask a very simple question. At what point did he do the Avera? When did he sell himself? When did he transgress the concept of Kili Vanei He did that at the time that he sold himself. Mochru at Mocheratz, no person who sold himself, at the moment he sold himself he transgressed whatever Easter this is that we'll try to explain soon of Kilivanesalavadim. So why do you puncture his ear after six years? Why shouldn't you puncture his ear the first moment that he sold himself to be an Evan? The same question can be asked about Machu Bezdin. Rashi says the Ozen that heard at High Sinai Lotignov that that ear that heard the prohibition of the Torah not to steal and then went and stole anyway, so that ear should be punctured. But the ear lobe is punctured. But he did that Avera a long time before that. He did the Avera of stealing way before six years are up. And again, the same question would be yes. Why wait until six years to puncture his ear? You should have done this earlier. We'll go back to discuss first the case of Mocheratzmo. What is actually wrong with the with Mocheratzmo? It's true that the Torah said Kili Vaneya Salavadim, 
But what does that mean in halachic terminology? The Rambam in Hilchas Avadim, Perek Aleph Halacha Aleph, says as follows: Eved Ivri Hamu Torah. The Ram says the Eved Ivri that we find in the Torah is the Israel that either Bezdin sold him against his will because of Geneva, as we'll learn, or a person who sold himself. And the Rambam says, the din of Mochir Atzmo is as follows. Yisrael Sheheni B'yosir, Yisrael who became extremely indigent. Nasna L'otorah Rishus Limkaraz Atzmo. Then he has permission to sell himself. Shenemar V'chiyamuch Achicha Imach V'nim Kalach. The Torah said in Bahar, if your brother becomes low, Yamuch is from the Hebrew Namuch, to become low. The Targum explains Kiyit Maskein. He becomes a Miskein, unfortunate. Vinim Kailach, and he sold to you. Then the Torah gave you permission. You're not allowed to sell yourself to put away the money in a savings account. Or to buy something even to repay alone, you're not allowed to sell yourself. We're talking about a person who was desperate. He has nothing to eat. And therefore, he became extremely poor, and he needs food. Then he can sell himself. A person may not sell himself unless he absolutely has nothing, even clothes. He doesn't have. And that condition, he's allowed to sell himself. What is really wrong with selling yourself? The Rambam used the phrase, Ein lo rishus. Nasna lo tar rishus. The Torah gave him permission. Why do you need permission? Firstly, we'd have to raise the question, if an Ebed Ivri is on a different personal status than a regular Jew. In the Tosefta, they quote a different Pasuk than Rashi does on the explanation of Nirza. Rashi said the reason you do Ritziah, the reason you do the dispuncturing of his ear is because he heard Kilivanesalavadim. The Tosefta adds, Uparak mimenu ol malchushamayim, vihimlich alav obasavadam. What the person did is he removed ol malchushamayim. Now, according to what we learned before, I understand avadayim below avadim lavadim. You shouldn't be a servant to a servant. But why is that parak mimenu ol shamayim? Why does that mean that you remove from yourself ol malchushamayim? The real question is, is there a situation or any reason why an Everett Ivory does not have the same personal status as a regular Jew? The Rambam in Hilchas Isur Mizbeach, Paragdalit Halacha Yud, says, discusses the law of Esnan. Esnan is a gift given to a prostitute. The Rambam says that if a a person, an owner of a slave, an owner of an Ebed Ivri, would give 
his would uh, an owner of a shifcha would give his shifcha to an Evid Ivri, but they'd have to pay for it. The owner would have to pay for it. The Ramam says that's a that, in that case there would be a din of Esnan. This would be considered a gift which is forbidden by the Torah. However, the same thing would be true by any Jew. Says the Kesef Mishnah. I don't understand why you have to tell me it's the same as any Jew. It's a Kol Shekin. I would learn this from Kavachomer. Why? Because if the law is true by an Eved Ivri, then who is not Chayev in Kol HaMitzvahs, somehow he has a different personal status than a regular Jew. He's not Chayev in all mitzvahs. Then it would be true by any other Jew. The Kesef Mishnah did not explain what he meant, the Mishnah Melech on the spot says, I don't understand what, what the Beis Yosef, the Kesef Mishnah, I don't know what he was talking about. Because he really is Chayiv in all mitzvahs. Just because he was sold, does that remove any of the Kedushas Yisrael? The Kesef Mishnah thinks that somehow he's part of a mitzvah. The Mishnah Melech said, what do you mean? He has the same kedusha as any other Jew. He's not part of a mitzvah. We could suggest two different approaches. The first approach is that he is allowed to marry a shifra kananis. That same halacha, that an Evi Kanani may marry a shifra kananis, shows somehow that he does not have all the laws that apply to a regular Jew. And therefore, removing himself from the Easter of Shifra Knanis itself is a hafka of at least some part of mitzvahs. And therefore, the, the, if that would be true, the Ivri would not have the same personal status as, an Evid, as a regular Jew. This, of course, would be contingent upon discussing what the Easter of a Shifra is in general. What would be the relationship created by a Shifra Knanis in Israel, exactly what Easter would they be over? And that's beyond the scope of this particular shiur. But that might be one approach, that mafkia because he's mutter b'shifcha knanis. The other approach would be that somehow the eved indeed is mufka from a different concept of mitzvahs. The Yushalmi in Brachos per gimel halacha gimel says that an eved is part of mikriyashma. Yushalmi says that an eved does not have to say kriyashma. Why? Because it says, Shema Yisrael Shkenu Hashem Echad, Yatsa Evet Sheyesh Lo Adon Acher. But since you have Ke'ilu, two masters, you're subjugated to your master in this world, and you're ma- subjugated to the master of all worlds. So you can't say the words Hashem Echad. Now, this Yushalmi may be talking about Nevet Knani. And explains the reason that Nevi Kanani is part of Kriyashma. In truth, however, that would be problematic because an Evet has the same din as women. Women are part of Kriyashma, according to the Mishnah and Brachas, and therefore Nevi Kanani is automatically part of Mitzvah. So you wouldn't have to tell me that Nevi Kanani is part of saying Kriyashma. Conceptually, the idea of being part of Kriyashma would apply to the Evet Ivri as well. David Ivri, who has two Adonim, he would have a master in this world beyond the master of the Rebbeinu Shalalam, 
that itself would be a problem. So it could be the Easter of being removing yourself from certain mitzvahs is problematic, and therefore the Ram says, Nas na lo Torah The Torah gave you permission. Without that permission, you would have not been permitted to do this. The other possibility would be that the reason you need permission to sell yourself is because I can sell my pen. I can sell my the objects that I own. But I can't sell something that I don't own. Is a person really the owner of himself? Who do I belong to? It's very probable that a person belongs to the Ibanashalala. We are all servants, soldiers, in the army of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That means we really belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I very often explain that the reason a person is not allowed to damage himself, to do chavala to himself, is basically the same halacha as doing damage to someone else. We have a halacha, for example, that a person does not tear kriya if he's not wearing his own clothes. The chiyuv of kriya applies when I'm wearing my own clothes. But if I'm wearing clothes that belong to someone else, and this is important in the case of soldiers, in the case of doctors, who very often may, may be in a situation where they are there when someone passes away, but generally they're not wearing their own clothes. They're wearing either hospital clothes, or army clothes, so they don't tear kriya because they're somebody else's clothes. My body itself is not my body. I belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Since I belong to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how can I sell myself? HaKadosh Baruch Hu owns me. I do not own myself. So we have suggested really two reasons why a person should not be able to sell himself. One is because he's mafkia atzmo mi mitzvahs. He removes himself at least from certain mitzvahs. And another reason is that he does not own himself. What would be the distinction between the two cases? What would be the halachic difference between these two cases? The difference would be, what would happen if a person did sell himself without permission? The Rambam we learned is that a person sold himself because he was so indigent, the Torah gave him permission. But what happens if a person would do without permission? Well, we would say that if the reason would be because he's mitzvahs, he's removing himself from mitzvahs, then you could say that perhaps it should work. It's true it's an usher to do. I'm not allowed to do such a thing. I'm not allowed to remove myself from the personal status of being involved in Kedusha Yisrael with all the mitzvahs that relate to it. But if I did it anyway, perhaps the the, the mechira was valid. You would have to learn the sugya of milta something that the Torah forbade, a chalos that was forbidden by the Torah. What would happen if you did it anyway? In general, this is a very famous machlokas between Abayi and Rava in, in the Gemara Tumura. Any chalos, any halachic uh, ramification that was created by doing something that Torah forbid forbade, the question would be if the the thing in question actually has validity or not. If the case, of course, in Tamura was a person, the Torah told me I should not make a Tamura. But what happens if I did? So the Torah says in that case that what to do. Abayim Rav argue, is that an exception or is that the general rule? If you would learn, if you learn that something the Torah forbade, the chalos is not applicable, then a person couldn't sell himself at all.
that would be even if the Easter is mafkiatzmo min mitzvos, but there might be a different reason. A person cannot sell himself because he just doesn't own himself, and therefore, even if he did sell himself, it would not be valid. It would be similar to a case where I sold your pen. I took something of someone else's and I sold it. Of course, the sale is not valid. I have no right to sell it. If you learn that I can't sell myself, I'm not allowed to sell myself because I don't own myself, then it's obvious that it won't work even if I did it anyway because I just don't own the object. I can't sell it. So we have learned an argument, a question, whether a person who did sell himself would it be valid. Theoretically, a person could argue and say it is valid, but in order to say it's valid, you would have to argue with both principles. You would have to say, firstly, that if a person sold himself and was mafki himself for mitzvahs, iavid mahani, it did work. And secondly, you'd have to say that he doesn't own himself. In that case, you could say that a person could sell himself. Most achronim think that a person cannot sell himself, whether it's for one reason of ba'alut uh, or milta the merachman alatavid. That is questionable among achronim, but most achronim think that a person cannot sell himself. If this is true, we could go back to our original question: Mocher atzmo, did he really transgress? Was he really over the concept of kili v'nei the Torah gave him permission in such a case to sell himself. Perhaps it's not really even against the Ratzon Torah. The Torah in this particular case said we'll give in to this present situation and we understand that under the given situation this is the best thing to do. That a person can sell himself. We allow him to do it. I don't know if it's the best thing to do but we'll certainly allow it. And it's inconceivable that at this point the person should say well, uh, we'll punish him by giving him ritzia, we'll do this puncturing of the ear. It, can't, it just doesn't make sense. Now, at this particular time, it's permitted to do what he's doing. But six years later, by now, the Torah really didn't say that he can sell himself because I understand the, the motives. The motives originally were under duress. He had no other choice. He was poor, didn't even have any money for clothes, didn't have money for food. Then the Torah said, okay, Kilivin Yisravadim is not a problem. At this particular point, after working six years, the, the assumption is that he's not in the same situation that he was originally. Since this is true, why should he sell himself? And the answer is given by the Torah. Because he's satisfied, he's happy with what he's doing. If he's happy with what he's doing, he's satisfied with what he's doing, so, that's not a reason to allow him to sell himself. If that's true, then we wouldn't let him sell himself. If he does it anyway, the Torah said you can do it. Okay. First, there is a concept of Eved Nirzah. But at this point, you are, you're over an Easter of Kili Vinesh This point is really wrong. I allowed you to do it originally because there was no choice. But now there is a choice. You chose to do as follows. Right now, you're over the Easter of Kili Vinesh this Avdus that he starts now, after six years, is really to be looked at as a, an extension of the first Avdus or somewhat as a new Avdus. It's not, you do not have to say 
that he really just started six years ago and he continues until continues until he goes out or till Yovel if he wants to become a Nirzai. Conceptually, it's a new concept of Avdus at this time. Yes, I know that if he would marry a Shifcha Knanis, and if he's allowed to marry a Shifcha Knanis, and he did marry a Shifcha Knanis, I would not say that after six years he has to divorce her and start all over again. I would assume that for that respect it is a continuation of the original Avdus. But in terms of the idea behind it, it's really a new concept of Avdus at this moment. The original concept of Avdus was the Avdus of a destitute, indigent, nebuch human being. After six years, it transforms itself into an Avdus of a person who really wants to be an Avid, who likes to be an Avid, who enjoys a Avdus, and therefore at this point, we do Ritzia. In the case of Machru Bezdin, there it's a little more difficult. Because there, according to the Rashi, you punish him after six years, you give him this nirtha, you do the ritzia, because originally he did the concept of losignov. Therefore, the question is obviously the same thing. The losignov he did before six years. And later on, after six years, so he wants to be an avid. I understand that you would not like the concept of his extending his avdas. But why do the Ritzia because of Losignov? I would understand it if you told me you do the Ritzia now because of Kili Vinay Originally, he was sold. But now, he continues the Mechira by himself. Okay, he was over Kili Vinay But we learn that he's over the Yisra of Ki of Losignov in the very beginning. An interesting question comes up in general by an Evid Kanani. An Evid Kanani sells himself... I'm sorry, not an Evid Kanani. An Evid... Who, who sold because he was he stole? How does that work exactly? The eved who who sells himself, the Torah gave him permission to sell himself. Okay, we talked before that it may be difficult to say a person can sell himself, but maybe it's impossible to sell himself unless the Torah gave you permission. But ha, my question is more: How does the best in sell him? It's true that. He stole, he owes money, Bezdin can enforce laws, but how can Bezdin sell someone? Does this person really belong to Bezdin? The Rambam seems to say that he doesn't. In Parag Beis, Hilchas Avadim Halacha Aleph, the Rambam says, Evet Ivri Shemachu Bezdin Vamochir Atzmo Nikme Bekesat Ubshave Kesat Bishtar. In Evet Ivri, who sold by Bezdin, or the Mochir Atzmo, the modes of acquisition are kesef, shave kesef, ishtar. Now, in general, we could ask a question which is not clear in the Rambam. Kesef. Who does the money go to? The Let's say someone stole something. He owes, let's say, $1,000. He has no money to pay. So Bezdin sells him. And now he has money. And this money, who sells him exactly? Who pays the money? The person who buys the Eved... Obviously, the person who buys the Eved obviously pays the money, but the, who, to whom does he pay it? Theoretically, you could pay it to the person who b- deserves the money, the person from whom the object was stolen. It could be that you pay the money to Bezdin. It could be that you pay the money to the uh, to the Eved, who then would ha- have a responsibility to transfer, transfer the money to the Nignav, to the person from whom it was stolen. That is not clear in the Rambam. That's a discussion that we won't go into now. But the case that we will go into now is the case of Shtar. 
The Rambam says, how do you write a shtar? The star is written in the first person. It's as if the Evid says, I am selling myself to you. I am being acquired by you. And you give him the star. So it seems that Mahu Bezdin doesn't mean that Bezdin sells him. It means that he sells himself, just Bezdin requires him to sell himself. And again, the Torah gave him permission to sell himself in particular case. The Torah required him to sell himself as Bezdin coerces him to sell himself in such a case. So I also understand that he's not over at the first day. Even though he sold himself according to the Rambam. By the way, the Me'iri apparently disagrees. He thinks by a star of a of Mocher Machu Bezdin, so Bezdin writes the star. But according to the Rambam, it's clear that the person himself writes the star. So he is allowed to sell himself, he's coerced to sell himself at the very time that he steals. Later on, six years later, he decides to re-up, as it were, to re-enlist. So he continues, and he's over, but the Rashi said he's over, at this moment, the answer that I could suggest, would be that we look somehow at Avdus as a punishment. It's not just that a per- it's a fact of life. A person sells himself, a person a person was sold by Bezdin, and now you have money to do whatever needs you have. Apparently, you look at it as, as a servitude, as a situation in which I, I punish a person, he's going in to be an Evet. That is the punishment for Lotignov. It's not just that he has to pay and pay kefel, but in this particular case, we punish him by putting him into avdus. Is it a punishment? For most people, it certainly is. It's psychologically debilitating to be a, a, an evid for many reasons. And therefore, the punishment of being an evid is sufficient for the avera of lotignav. However, in this particular case, the person at the end, said, I like it here. It's good for him to be a, a servant. He enjoys it. So therefore, we see that what we thought originally was a punishment wasn't really a punishment. So at this point, we do the nirza, we do the ritzia in order to punish him. But now, the punishment is really for the original Aveira of Los Ignov. That's how I'd explain it, Al-Derech Hadrush. This topic, whether a person's allowed to sell himself at all, to be an Eved, if it's right to sell yourself as an Eved, are really two separate questions. One, is there a halachic hat to sell yourself? And secondly, does the Torah look at it askance, or the Torah neutral about it? Is it right to sell yourself to be a slave? So we talked about the halachic hatter. Does it really work? Is such a sale a valid sale? But besides that, the Torah definitely thought that somehow something was wrong. This would raise the issue, would a person allowed, be allowed to sign a contract of work for another person? Is a person really allowed to be a poel for another person? If you get paid by time, a person works for an hour, so I don't know, even know exactly if that's a question. I'm talking about a person who signs a contract for a long amount of time that he'll work for somebody else. Is that permitted according to Jewish law? 
for those people that remember once upon a time the laws of baseball in the United States the before the uh, Kurt Flood started the whole revolution the concept of a contract was that the team owned you the team actually bought all rights to you and you could not go to sign up for a different team if they you if your negotiations for salary did not meet your approval so you had no choice either you worked for your team or you did not play at all that is very similar to the concept of being an avid you're actually totally indebted to them the gemara in bav Aleph says that a person who signs himself up to, for a contract can always have charata. He can always change his mind. Even if he began his work, he can stop working. And just say, I don't want to work anymore. And the Gemara says, why? Because ki Because they're servants. So Tosu says, therefore, mikomakom a person is allowed to hire himself out to other people. Tosva says that only an Eved Ivri who signed up and cannot renege, cannot do charata, and he cannot go out before his time, he needs a Shtar Shikhar. So only he is over The Gra on the spot quotes that it could be that signing a three-year contract is already considered an Easter of because the Torah and Sefer Devarim says that a person works Mishnah Schaisachir. is six years. And Eved works twice what a Sachir works. Apparently, a sachir can be considered a sachir until three years. But once you're involved in a contract, more than a three-year contract, so the quotes that this might be included in the Easter of Kri We would have to study two questions to really decide this issue of sachir. One, is there a Kenyan Aguf? In an Eved, I have some sort of a Kenyan. Exactly what type of a Kenyan is a little complicated. If there is a Kenyan, Kenyan Maman or Kenyan Isser in an Eved. In a regular Poel, is there a Kenyan at all? The Ramam seems to think there is. In Hilchas Mechira, Parak Yud Gimel, Halacha Tesvav, the Ramam says that if a person buy, hires a Poel, but he does not pay the proper amount. He deals in ona, a concept of fraud. And the Ramam says, he uses the phrase, in dealing with a person that you hire as a, as a poel, who kolne osolizman. It is a mechira. The Torah says there's a din of fraud when you buy things. And here I hired a person. Is that considered buying him? The Ramam says, I do buy him for time. If that would be true, there might be some sort of a Kenyan in a Poel as well, in which case we really could raise the issue if a person could hire himself out for it to be a Poel. Because at least for three years, according to the way the Gra explained, up to three years, after three years, according to the Gra, Tulsa says it's mutter. The question would be exactly, is there a Kenyan? 
And the fact that he had charata is that sufficient to say that he's not considered an evidifering. I'd like to conclude with a piece of drush that my father used to say. The Torah says, A person says, I love my wife, my master, my master, my wife, and my children. My father used to say it's really a question of mentality. A person gives three excuses. A person says, I, I, I'm happy with my master, I like him, I, I, I have my wife and I'm happy with her, and I have my children, I want them. But the Torah says, that's the bottom line. The person is not interested in being free. He's not willing now to accept the responsibility of being independent. He entered a mentality of slavery. That itself is the major problem. Very often we look for things that excuses to try to rationalize why we want to do it. But sometimes the bottom line is, in this particular case, I don't understand the concept of atzma'ut. I don't understand the concept of independence. I'd rather be subjugated to other people. This, the Torah tells us, is a negative trait. A person should be sho'ef. A person should want to achieve independence in all areas. You have been listening to Rabbi Yamin Tavori, the weekly shir on the weekly mitzvah. For today's Halacha Yomit, we finished Kriyat Shema, we finished Bekat Agula. one stands for Shmonesri. Before Shmonesri begins, one says the Pasuk Hashem Sfatai Tiftach, Ufi Yagid Tehillatecha. This is a requirement mentioned in the Gemara. And the Gemara asks why it isn't a hefsek between Gula and Tfila. We mentioned in a previous Halacha Yomit that there is a requirement to connect Gula, the Bechav Ga'al Yisrael, and Tfila. On that statement in the Gemara, the Gemara asks, what about Hashem Esfatai Tiftach? Because we have another statement saying that one must say Hashem Esfatai Tiftach before Megin Sedavin. The Gemara's answer is, that Hashem Sfatai Tiftach is Tfila Arichta. Since Chazal said you have to say Hashem Sfatai Tiftach before you begin davening, it's not before davening, it becomes part of davening. It's part of the Shemon Esrei. And therefore you are Somech Geula to Tfila by being Somech Geula to Hashem Sfatai Tiftach. For that reason, the Poskim say that although there is a Minag not mentioned in the Gemara, it's a later Minag, to say other psukim before Shmon Esrei, these psukim should not be said in Shacharit or in Arvit when you're being Somech Gula Tfila, but only in Mincha Musaf. So, for instance, today, the common Minhag Ashkenaz is to say, Kishem Hashem Ekra Habugodel Lelokeinu, but only in Musaf and Mincha, not in Shacharit, because in Shacharit it will be a hefsek. It will be an interruption between Gula Vitfila. Based on that argument, the question arises, what about when a chazan repeats Shmon Should he also repeat Hashem Svatai Tiftach? The common minig is not to. And the Magen Avraham suggests that perhaps, having said it before the first Shmon when he davened for himself, when he repeats Shmon again, it's immediate, and therefore the reason why you say Hashem Svatai Tiftach is in order to introduce davening. Before one prays, one has to ask for help in prayer. God helps us. We pray that God will help us pray. But you've already done that once and both tefillot are included. 
However, the Maganavar himself seems to realize that it's a weak argument. The Rav, Rav Salvechik, was rather insistent that one, yes, repeat, Hashem Svatai Tiftach, based on the argument which we previously said. It's not an introduction to Tefillah, it's part of Tefillah. Were it an introduction to Tefillah, it would be a hefsek. The reason why it's not a hefsek is because it's Tefillah Arichta, a long Tefillah, part of Shemon If it's part of Shemon then you can't say one for both Shemon Each Shemon it's it's part of the structure of Shemon and therefore one should uh, repeat, the chasen should repeat, Hashem Svatai Tiftach, before he begins. On the other hand, let's say in Mincha, so when he said, when the chasen daven the first time, he also said, that he doesn't have to repeat because that really is an introduction to Tefillah and perhaps even he shouldn't repeat it because the two Shemoneswe should be contiguous without an interruption between them at least Lechatechila. So therefore the, the proper way if possible is for the Chazan to repeat Hashem Svatay Tiftach but not any other Pasuk. The Minig, most people do not do that and the Maganavam defends the Minag somewhat reluctantly, but nonetheless says apparently one can rely on one Hashem Svatai for both of them. But uh, if possible, it would appear that it's preferable to indeed repeat Hashem Svatai Tiftach. A similar consideration takes place if we may skip forward somewhat at the end of Shemun The same statement in the Gemara which says that one should say Hashem Svatai Tiftach before davening says that one should say at the end of davening. The same argument the Rav claimed that he applied to Hashem Svatai applies here as well. The Chazan, when he finishes Shmon Esrei, should say, Although there is no explicit statement in the Gemara that Yudha Ratzon Emreifi at the end of davening is Tfilah Arichta, but the two of them, Hashem Svatai before and Yudha Ratzon after, appear in the same statement of the Gemara. The Gemara asked about Hefseik before and answered that Hashem Svatai Tiftach is not Hefseik because it's part of Shemon Why? Because Chazal required it. The same requirement of Hashem Svatai before also requires Yudha Ratzon after. So therefore, it would seem to follow that it also is Tfilah Richta. There is no Nafkamina, there is no difference in terms of Hefseik because there's no Hefseik after Shemon But this more obvious requirement that if it's part of Shemon then you have to say it would therefore apply. Therefore, the Rav said, one should say, uh, not only when one finishes one's private Shemon but when one finishes the public repetition of Shemon as well. Again, the common minig is not to do so, but uh, the logic that all the posts can apply to the distinction between Hashem Svatai and Kishem Hashem Ekra would seem to imply that uh, after Shemon is also an integral part of Shemon it's appended but it becomes integral and therefore there's no reason why one shouldn't say it it does appear to be the correct thing to do and it's therefore highly recommended that Chazanim should say both Hashem Svatai before Shemon and Yudha Ratzon after Shemon that's it for today tomorrow's Shia will be in Parshat Shavua. until then wishing you a Yom Tov V'chol Tov this has been KMTT and this has been Ezra Beck. Kimitzion Teitzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.